Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that'll show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining the Change Book Radio Show. My name is Rich Perry, and I'm joined, as always, by Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, how are you doing today, my friend? I am doing awesome, Rich. I'm doing awesome. I think we have uh, quite a treat in store for folks out there today. So um, I'm ready to jump into it, and I know it's late for her, so we should probably get busy. Actually, it's early, Lawrence. So... (laughs) Um, oh. <laughs> that, being, that, being, that being said, we have Allison Lelu on the line from Brisbane, Australia. It is 4.30 in the morning for her in Brisbane, and we do thank her for being here. Her chapter is Ignite the Leader in You, Riding the Waves of Change. And you can find her chapter in the newest book in the Change Book series, book number 12. Allison is a neuro leadership coach in, like I said, Brisbane, Australia, who is passionate about helping emerging leaders to grow an entrepreneurial, emotionally intelligent leadership mindset in a VUCA, which is a volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. She and her national team of coaches help people understand how their brains respond when they interact with others and how to use this to boost their own performance, confidence, and influence and that of the people they lead. And we're proud to have, or we're honored to have Allison calling in from Brisbane, 4.30 in the morning. Allison, how are you doing this morning for you? How are you doing, Allison? Hi, Rich. Lovely, lovely to be on your show. Thank you. I'm doing very, very well. It's um, a beautiful morning here. And actually, can you believe it's already starting to get light and I can hear the birds singing? Wow. So the day's <laughs> about to start. <laughs> right on. Allison, you're in the newest book, book number 12 of the Change Book series. Can you, because I'm sure many of the uh, listeners haven't had a chance to grab the book yet. I don't even know, is it, is it um, being sold yet or has it been officially published or is it just about to be published? Remind me again. Yes, Rich. My understanding is I think the book actually is officially um, able to be ordered for, for many, um, many of the authors have finished their final publication. So I think it's, it's, if it's not out for, order it's very very close to it um i've seen the final version and copy and i've had a read of it and it's terrific excellent so for the leaders or for the listeners tell us a little bit about your chapter please (laughs) ignite the leader in you riding the waves of change without giving too many spoilers out there but let's inform the uh the listeners what they can find in your chapter Yes, so, so it's one of the 
one of the passions that I, I have in my life is is to help people find a way through the current state of the world, if you like. Um, the world has become very, very volatile, very, very changeable, and things seem to turn, or the cycles seem to turn very quickly. And in my coaching, it comes up very regularly that people are trying to find a way to, to normalize change because it can feel very, very scary. And whether it's in your personal life, your business life, political lives, right around the world, cycles are just spinning. So what I did in this chapter is I just try to take the essence of what I find coming up in our coaching very often and build it into or craft it into a chapter that people would be able to read to try to tap into the things, be able to look into further, which would enable them to ride these ways of change more easily. Essentially, that's what I've tried to do. And, and I've, I've woven it into a story where I've described these, these changes are coming at us like the waves in the ocean. They just keep rolling in. And, and the truth is they're going to keep rolling in and they're going to keep rolling in faster. We can't slow down what we're about to enter. Um, jobs as we know them are you know, not going to exist. We're going to lose about half the jobs um, in the next 10 years. There's going to be an extraordinary revolution with the amount of automation that's coming our way. And so people are, even if you're in established careers, people are going to have to learn to develop different kinds of personal surfboards, if you like, and I call them personal leadership surfboards. And so my chapter's around what sort of things you're going to need to, to enable you to craft the best possible surfboards so you can ride these waves well rather than have them dump on your head and leave you stranded or sort of pass you by. Right. Now, I'm curious. I guess. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I just, I said, I don't think I've given away too much there, but I can go into more detail if you'd like me to. Sure. If if you've got something more to deliver and then we can fire away some questions afterwards, go ahead and tell us all about it. Okay. So just, you know, the things for me that, um, that really stand out in t- terms of this personal surfboard, um, we look a lot into um, mindsets, into values and strengths, um, particular emphasis in looking at our talents, um, our purpose. Uh, a lot of a lot of the next generations coming through, Rich, when when they align themselves to to their work life, particularly and their personal life, they they very much seem to be tapping into meaning and purpose. So. They like to be doing something in alignment with the global um, United Nations global um, missions, and, and there are 17 global goals at the moment. And I find many people, you know, they're not just happy just to do work anymore, but it needs to be work that has purpose and meaning, and that they're able to feel they're making a difference and contributing to some positive change. So we delve into that a little bit, um, and I'm I, I'm very a great believer in um, growing our emotional intelligence toolkit as well. So I work very closely with actually an organization in San Francisco, Emotional Intelligence Organization, and we, we, do a, we blend a lot of their work into our coaching. So I've put that there in, into the entrepreneurial surfboard, as, lo- as long as some of the ideas from some of the entrepreneurs who are, who are futurists at the moment doing some exciting things in that space. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious, um... I know you work a lot with emerging leaders. 
Now, are you focusing primarily on the younger generation, like millennials and those uh, just coming into the entrepreneurial space? Or when you say emerging leaders, are you also referring to people that are in those careers that, like you said, in a couple of years will be non-existent? So they need to find it within themselves to really find their passion and purpose and step out as as a, as a leader to lead their own, lead their own path. Do you have any distinction or when you're working with people? No, I see emerging leaders as encompassing multiple things, Rich. So Mm -hmm. very much, you know, we're about to enter when, when gen 2020 hit the workforce, we're actually about to have five generations in the workforce for the first time in history and that poses all sorts of interesting questions. Um, but certainly there's those emerging leaders entering into the workforce, trying to find their way. We've got people who are transitioning between careers, many people needing to reinvent themselves in new careers. I see emerging leadership, you know, yesterday I was coaching someone who's actually very established as a national um, manager, but he's actually trying to transition out of the corporate world, if you like, into starting his own business and that's going, to, that's going to require all sorts of emerging leadership skills in terms of how he's going to do that and the reason, you know, people make these choices often very much for life balance reasons and I touch on that in the book too. It, you know, there, there is actually no such thing as work-life balance, I don't believe. But we had a wonderful PhD study done here in, in Queensland a few years ago into life balance and I'm fortunate enough to have intellectual property to that PhD. So we blend that in as, you know, people are now looking for a different way to find balance. And balance is essentially how we feel about the choices we're making and how they align to our values and purpose. So with work and life being as integrated as it is now, people are working off their mobile mobile devices from all sorts of with all sorts of flexible arrangements. And there's such an integration we can no longer really see them as separate things. So, you know, that that emerging leader space to me basically encompasses almost every area and every stage and age of life. And crafting these surfboards can, can be required of us at any time. The sooner, you know, the sooner we sort of tap into this way of thinking, I think that um, the easier it's going to be for us to mm-hmm. cope in the world that we now find ourselves living in. Excellent. And I'm curious, what was it brought you into, like, how did you choose this profession? What made you get into uh, coaching, especially like neuroleadership coaching and your, your particular brand? Was there a particular backstory or is this something that has always been there and you kind of just fell into it? Oh, Rich, no, there is a backstory. I actually spent the first, sort of 20 years of my working life as a physical therapist um, oh. working in private practice and hospitals and had a special interest in spinal therapy so um, and then I got to a point where I thought I want to do want to change um, you know I did the, the emerging leader thing and I dug into the leader in myself and thought okay I'm looking for a change what would it be so I went back to study and I did a master's degree of counseling and, and worked at that for a couple of years. And then actually a great friend of mine um, 
who undertook that PhD study I referred to. Um, she was an economist, a lecturer, a coach, um, an academic, and she started coaching using her life balance coaching tool that we call You Balancer Online. And she wanted me to come and, you know, support her in that process. So that's when I took myself off and started my coaching career. So I went to Sydney and travelled. Uh, it took me about almost a year for the initial training for through the Neuro Leadership Institute, and that just led to a love of coaching and lifelong learning. Really, um, haven't haven't looked back. Yeah, and I and I've been with you, Balance, actually for five years, but for the last CEO. And we've oh, okay. grown from small beginnings. We've grown. We're now a national network of neuro leadership coaches working around Australia. Wow. Mm. And we're very, and we're all. Our focus is in in the emerging leadership space and 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 in the super world, helping people to helping people to find their their true north, if you like, their true purpose, and to thrive. Mhm. Now we do have someone else on the line, the quiet guy from Texas, Lawrence, you want to hop in and do you have any questions for Allison? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was actually going to jump in and I realized I had muted myself. So uh, then Rich jumped right in. So you said something very interesting, Allison, you were talking about this changing concept of how you see balance. And I, I just want to clarify and, and make sure that people understand this. You're when you're talking about balance, you're talking about the balance in an emotional, intellectual, neuro sense of balance. So it's not the the typical stuff that we've heard from the 80s on about, oh, balance your work and your life and yada, yada, yada. This is a balance at a different and what I would say a deeper and more resilient type of level. So could you maybe speak on that a little bit more? Because it's something different that I think people can – look at that's counterintuitive that you're making a lot of sense with. And I, I think that people need to hear some more of that. Hi, Lauren. Yeah, hi. So, <laughs> hi. So in, in the CHD study, which, which was done across um, hundreds of business owners, actually, it was, it was a really interesting outcome. The, the, the essence of it and, and the old term work-life balance, as you say, um, that was all, uh, what's the word for I'm looking for? It was really strongly challenged. Robin's, Robin's PhD findings highlighted a few things. One of the things is we will feel, we will feel a sense of inner calm, if you like, or an inner balance or inner knowing that things are traveling well for us when we are congruent with the choices we're making, essentially. But not, the word balance conjures up an equality between life roles, but this is nothing like that. You know, we, we feel good when we deeply understand what's important to us and when we're able to direct attention and priority to those things. And it doesn't matter how much attention, essentially, we give, as long as we are giving attention to the important things and when we start to lose that focus and give a lot of attention to things that are are not that important in our lives that's when we will start to feel an imbalance which really starts manifesting as some kind of an overwhelm or 
um, in some people it might be an anxiety or, or just that deep sort of gut knowing that things are not feeling right for me. So, you know, she also found diversity was a very important factor um, and that people who are able to to have interest in multiple areas, that was a protective and a good thing. Um, so it was it was a very, very interesting study. And when we, we blend a few balance, we actually blend the, the, the neuroscience of leadership with emotional intelligence, but we've got this other wing to our coaching, which is very much around this life balance area. And, and it's very impactful, Lawrence. You know, people have one conversation around this and suddenly the aha moment that, you know, I have been feeling guilty because I'm directing all this attention at my work at the moment. But when they stop to think about it, they go, well, my work's my passion. I absolutely love what I'm doing. So that's okay. It's actually, I can let go of the guilt and just right. drive and enjoy what I'm doing. Mm. Definitely. And I think that once people realize that real change happens at extremes, and so it's more a measure of uh, controlling the counterbalance rather than trying to always seek balance. And that goes into what you're talking about in your chapter when you're talking about um, looking at your values, um, having diversity, doing something that you love, and giving priority to your life purpose. So maybe you could speak on some of the tips that you have in your chapter for people to kind of help find that internal balance with what they love and where their life is with their life purpose. Can you do that for us? Yeah, with pleasure. Yeah, well, for me, it all starts with, with really taking the time out to tap in to find out what are my, my values and my strengths. You know, I don't know how it is for you over there, but certainly it seems to me in the work that I'm doing here in Australia that people people are finding and feeling an overwhelm. And we really have to be very, very careful to build in reflective, quiet, creative, mindful times into our days and our weeks where we the creativity can have an opportunity to come to the fore. Because it's only in those quiet times that we we really are able to tap into these, you know, these sorts of things and do some exploration around our values. And there are some lovely, lovely coaching ways to find out and to tap into what are the things that are really important to me? What are my top five values? And how do I align those with the decisions that I make every day? The smaller decisions and the very big decisions. Um, I actually love... I, there's, a, there's actually a very, there's a, I didn't mention it in the chapter, but there's a free resource out of the US, the Via Character Strengths. Um, it's a fabulous free resource that, that, that you can do online and it, it very quickly, you answer some questions and it comes up with you, your character strengths from 1 to 24. And it's the most lovely exercise, Lawrence, to, to do that and to, to say, what are my top five strengths and how do I actually use them every day in my life? How do they play out and how can I consciously access those strengths in the way that I'm living? So when we're able to, to do those two things, it's, it's the beginning of a surfboard. But there's a much, a much greater and almost deeper piece there and you did, did refer to it. And that's, you know, that's the whole life purpose, life purpose. Some people call it the noble goal, but... It's that aligning to, you know, how do I actually want to be remembered? Um, 
I love the story, you know, if it's your 80th birthday and, and someone dearly loved you, it might be your son or your grandson, stands up and makes a speech about you, you know, in essence, what is it you really want to hear them say? And tapping into that early on and crafting it into your life surfboard so that you live true to meaning and true to purpose can make a very big difference to people. So these are Definitely. just some of the things that I've tapped into in the chapter. Very and nice. it doesn't involve getting I, off autopilot. Yeah, because for many of us, you know, I find people are just charging on day to day and, and, you know, just living their life. If they don't stop long enough to get off autopilot, actually do some thinking. Um, of course, I, I love the opportunity to even be coached myself because that's that beautiful, you know, safe third other space to do this lovely creative thinking and then get some get some things happening in, in my real day-to-day life with which changed the way we changed the way I'm living for the better definitely and uh, we're getting pretty deep into this so I love your whole surfboard uh, building metaphor that you run through in your chapter can you tell me where that comes from okay so where we live here in Brisbane I don't know if you've been to Australia but we are um, on the east coast of Australia, we have beautiful oceans up and down to the north and south of us. And I'm very blessed every weekend to see the ocean. And to me, every time I'm walking on the beach and I see the waves just coming in, I just think, you know, I, they were doing this before I came. They're going to be doing this after I'm gone. It's just that 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 pattern of continuity. And to me, that's what this feels like, you know, the it is literally waves of change, waves of change. Um, I, I'm also one of the hats I wear. I'm actually a flow consultant for the Entrepreneur Institute. Um, and, and it's an analogy that I, you know, as a flow consultant, I sort of there's something around flow and the waves keep flowing. And I think, okay, how can we, yeah, how, we are, we're in a state in the world, Lawrence, where change is becoming more rapid. You know, information's turning over, they say, every 18 months to two years. There's almost an entire shift in, in the volume of information. And I know I was speaking to a very senior person at one of our big universities here recently, and she said they're actually, you know, they are aware that when you start people on a, on a bachelor's degree course now, we're very aware that when they graduate three or four years later, um, the information that you've taught them during their degree is only going to be relevant for a very short period of time. So we all need to become lifelong learners and have that love and ability to um, to synthesize information and make it relevant and meaningful and applicable in as the times change so quickly. So for me, it's just it's a it's a the waves are going to keep coming, and it can, that can feel very scary. And from a brain science perspective, our brains like safety and they like certainty. And so what's coming our way certainly doesn't feel safe and certain for many people. And it's about normalizing that. It's about you know what change is actually a great thing. Um, if you think of the Chinese character for um, for crisis. Um, it's actually a blend of two things. One is danger and one is opportunity. So for me, it's like, let's look on these waves as an opportunity. 
Um, and you know, when you when you're in the ocean and waves are crashing around you, you know, you can sort of hold your breath and dive into it, and it passes over you. And I don't think that's a really um, helpful way to approach the world right now. Another thing is you can actually just let it crash on top of you, and that will sort of throw you around, and probably you'll emerge not very not you know not very helpful state. And the third one to me is, well, why not build a surfboard and catch that wave? And you mightn't know where it's going to bring you up on the shore. You have to ride it, but you're going to be safe and intact and you're going to have an experience. And at the other end, there'll probably be something to bring you to a new destination and which will be wonderful. So for me, there were just all those sort of pictures and images and that's why I called it a surfboard. I think that's awesome. It conjures up <laughs> wonderful images, wonderful images. And I mentioned just briefly, you mentioned flow. Um, Are you familiar with Chitinmayil's work as well? Not very familiar, Lawrence. Would you like to share with me? Um, Well, he's a Hungarian um, author and uh, scientist. He's the author of the book Flow and Finding Flow. And it's a form of psychology called flow psychology. So okay. I thought perhaps you were referencing that, but no, I I can never no. say his name correctly. So. <laughs> oh, okay. No, so I'm more ref- more referencing the work of Roger Hamilton. Oh, okay. Um, I gotcha. don't know. Are you? Yeah. So Roger Hamilton um, refers a lot in his work to the concept of flow, and whilst I haven't talked about it in my chapter, but Roger speaks of flow as being a state where things actually start to feel really easy you know it's almost like you're you're a drop in a a river and you're just going with the river and you're not trying to swim against the stream so when that is more in relation to when we when we actually know what our natural talents are and our natural energies are and what our best roles in life might be as a result of that um, we 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 find that energy showing up in our state of flow and our, our work and all the things in our life actually start to feel very easy. So in, in that particular instance, I'm actually a creative profile and, and that makes perfect sense to me. I love creating things. I love learning about multiple things and pulling them together into a surfboard, for example. Or um, And I'm great at starting all sorts of different projects and writing, but I'd rather leave the detail and assistance to someone else to take care of. So... In a sense of flow, I think I was more referring to finding natural talents and how we can apply them in our lives. Excellent. I think um, I'm going to send you a link to that because that's exactly um, the person who created all of that. I think you'll find it would find it very interesting. Um, Beautiful. I think that Thank you so much. we um, a lot of times people think you know they look at these high high achievers and they think I could never be that, but it's just a matter of these people being able to harness that focus and that talent for being very persistent and precise about what they do until they get into that measure of absolute flow where everything is just dynamic and fluid and flexible and congruent with them from the inside to the outside. So I was thinking of all of these things as I was reading your chapter. So awesome stuff, very awesome stuff. And I think I'm leaving Rich out, so I'll throw it back to Rich and see how he's doing over there. Okay. Doing pretty good. <clears throat> I'm doing good, doing good, listening. And 
Allison, so I want to say something, and then I'm going to have a two-part question after that, if that's cool with you. So the first thing that I want to say is that it's always a pleasure to meet someone like yourself who has a genuine interest in serving others and really making the world a better place. Um, So the first part of my two-part question is you mentioned – in your chapter, uh, the need for people to come together, to band together, to reach the global goals set by the United Nations for 2030. And you mentioned this earlier in our interview, way back in the beginning. I'm curious. So the first part of the question is, how close are we as people of this earth in coming to achieving those global goals? Like in your experience, how close are we to achieving the global goals of the United Nations for 2030? Okay, thanks, Rich. I don't know that I can answer that from my perspective exactly, but I am aware that the work that's happening around, um, certainly at the Entrepreneur Institute, is Mm -hmm. that there is a lot of hope. There is a lot of hope. One wonders whether governments alone are going to be able to achieve what needs to happen. But there is this, again, this push towards entrepreneurialism where every individual has the capacity to make an enormous difference now because we're living in such an interconnected world and anything's possible. And this is the exciting part of it. Anything's possible. I mean, I'm just one single person here in Brisbane, Australia, and um you know, I've aligned with these goals. I'm actually a um, quality, well, the Entrepreneur Institute has actually established through their Genius U mission, um, they have established purpose stream leaders around the globe. Um, in each of the 17 goals, they've got about eight or 10 purpose stream leaders. And we post, we post, I'm one of the stream leaders for the Institute, and I post every day in the Genius U channel so anyone can sign up for genius you online it's free and you can track each one of these 17 goals and there are people around the world who are stream leaders posting amazing content and i post in the area of um, quality education but with poverty for leadership so all of the 17 goals are represented and there's just there's exciting work happening by individuals right across the world um you know, I actually think that within the next 10 to 15 years, we're going to really, we're almost going to solve some of the major problems that we're facing, but it's not going to happen in the way we think. I don't believe it's going to happen by big governments sort of fixing things. Um, a lot of our, our big com- organizations, sorry, big governments um, don't have the flexibility and the agility that's going to be needed to tackle these things. But when you bring it down to smaller entrepreneurial companies and the exciting ways that our, some of our organizations actually are aligning to greater purpose. Um, and, and that's being driven by the younger people coming into those organizations and saying, you know, I, I love working here, but I'll actually stay with you if we're doing some meaningful work too. So big organizations are aligning themselves to helping with homeless or, you know, um, I actually personally at U-Balance have aligned myself and our coach network to supporting an amazing young entrepreneurial 
um, network here in Brisbane, which is, I think, watch this space, going to go um, spread uh, to many, many cities, in fact, many countries. But they are, they're, they're fitting out vans for the homeless. Um, mm -hmm. And doing the laundering and um, showers for the homeless in vans. And so we work with them in their leadership development space with their emerging leaders, helping you know get their surfboards ready for the changes that are coming. So I think it's I, I think it's very hopeful, and I believe that in ten to fifteen years, we're going to, we are really going to make a very big difference in that in that space. But people are going to need to work as individuals in in the organ within their work, their organisations, within their families, you know, families can align to a cause um, and I believe that we are going to make some, some very big headway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, social entrepreneurship has been gaining a lot of attention these days and like you said, a lot of these bigger businesses are now adjusting their values and they're giving back and whether it's uh, donating in some way to uh, charities and benefits or, you know, finding ways to service their communities and their nations. So it's, it's certainly a great thing that we're seeing in our world. And I'm curious what, so let's say that we have a listener out there right now who now wants to, step out. They want to emerge as a leader. They want to do some real good for their community or for their nation or, you know, around the globe. What would be one bit of advice? Get that, get that person started right here and now. Could you give a really great tip or a strategy, something to get that person moving in the right direction? They've got that fire but they need some kind of guidance right here and now to get moving. Do you have any words of encouragement, words of advice for them? That's a great question. <laughs> Rich, I think, I think probably one thing I would say is it starts with ourselves. So tapping into meaning is, is the first thing, just to take some time out, do some reading, some awareness raising, um, dig into those values and strengths. Read about, re start reaching out. I mean, the internet's such a wonderful thing, you know. Start seeing what people around you, even in your local community, are doing. When we when we give back, we there's an enormous personal benefit, you know. From a neuroscience perspective, we get this hit of dopamine, and, and it feels great. So, connecting, start connecting, even within your immediate circle. Um, what's happening in your local community? Is there something you can do that you can build into your life? Um, and there's, there's much we can do without even going out to um, physically do something. You know, just from our homes, if, if, we, if we're in a position where we can't get out and about, we can do a lot even from within our homes. Um, there's so many volunteer things we can do by supporting people online. Uh, yeah, it's about starting to give back and it's sometimes in a very small capacity, um, aligning yourself to, um, to movements. So trying to understand what is it that you really are passionate about. It is it around helping people have education? Is it around, um, again, the poverty, um, helping to eradicate poverty? 
um, you know, a good starting point would even be to jump onto online and look at the United Nations Global Goals themselves and really read about them and say, which one, which one really strikes a chord with me? And then how can I bring that back to my immediate circle of influence and, and what can I do? What one, one, two things I can practically do to, to add that into my, into my life? And, you know, we never know when we plant seeds rich what kind of amazing big oak trees are going to grow. So it starts sometimes with a very, very small seed um, and, and it can grow into something extraordinary. So I, I would say start with self, do lots of reading, lots of awareness raising, and then next thing is your local community. And then, you know, like me, I'm now aligned with a global um, organization and, um, and it's led to some exciting things where I've been able to travel, you know, to... to to different countries, even to um, to be involved in certain things, and and I, you know, any opportunity to be involved in 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 supporting third world countries, um, and as I say, it doesn't have to be a third world country. It can often start in our very local community. But there are some wonderful projects out there. So just get searching and, and align yourself to a purpose, and then start sowing some very small seeds and see what grows. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love it. Uh, Lawrence, do you have any closing remarks, any closing comments for Allison? I just uh, got so many questions that I, we don't have any time for, but <laughs> I encourage everybody to pick up a copy of book 12. Um, just some amazing stuff that Allison has that I think will cause you to dive deeper into that inner working of your world to, to find that, that balance, that happiness, that drive, that purpose, um, making you look at yourself in a way that optimism will create the best you you can. So I just enjoyed every moment of it. So I think I'm, I'm good right now because I know it's early for her. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to connect with Allison, then I'm going to encourage you to go to her website, which is www.theletterubalancer.com.au. Once again, that's www.ubalancer.com.au. And then, Allison, do you also want to shout out maybe one or two of your social media handles that they, people can connect with you? Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, we'll find us on Facebook and um, obviously I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah, I'm very active on Twitter. Every day I, I post up on, you know, most of the people that I follow who, who are thought leaders and doing exciting things in all of these spaces. So, um, yeah, it's just, if you just, you know, type in the word you balance, it will, it'll come up. Excellent. Allison, and and on, our website, uh, on our website, there's the click-throughs to all of our different um, social media. Fantastic. Um, handle. Yeah. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. I know it's very, very early for you in Brisbane. I want to thank you so much for joining us here on the Changebook Radio Show. Looking forward to following you on social media and whatever else you've got going on in the world with your projects and maybe upcoming book releases. So Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you have a great morning and the rest of your day. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. 
Thanks, Rich. It's been a pleasure. And Lawrence, thank you. Lovely to meet you too. And might I just end okay. off by saying thanks to Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, who've been very supportive um, in pulling the book together and at every stage of this whole process. It's been a pleasure. So mm-hmm. just say thank you to them. Excellent. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Good morning bye. to you. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, Lawrence, how are you feeling after today's radio show, my friend? Awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. I thought it was a Definitely. lovely show. How about you? I loved it. I loved it. I love, like I said before, it's, it's always a great experience meeting entrepreneurs that really want to make the world a better place, whether you're using the tag of like social entrepreneur or whatever it is, whatever wording you want to use. It's, it's people that are coming together to serve others and then serve others in a grand way to really make the world what it can be. And it's, it's always great meeting people who really serve that higher purpose. So it was a, it was a great interview. Loved speaking with Allison, uh, especially that it's 4.30 in the morning or was 4.30 in the morning for her. So we, we certainly appreciate her willingness to wake up extra early and, and hang out with us for a little bit. And if you want to connect with Allison or any of the other change book authors, like we say every single week, then here is a great, wonderful opportunity for you to connect with all the co-authors, 200 plus co-authors, 12 books in the series, working on book number 13 currently. So if you want to connect with Jim Britt, Jim Lutz, uh, Lawrence Pipkin, I heard he's a pretty cool guy, or anybody else in the Change Book series, then go onto <laughs> Facebook. I guarantee 99.999% of you listening right now are on Facebook. So go into your little search uh, menu up at the top, little keyword search and put in the change book group. It's a free public group. You'll be welcomed in uh, pretty much automatically, you know, as long as you're a good person and you'll be able to connect with all the co-authors, especially Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, our co-founders from the series and everybody else that we've had on the radio show and all those that we have yet to have on the radio show. So that right there, golden opportunity to leaders who are really working together to make the world a better place, and you'll be able to learn from them. How great is that? And Lawrence, you know you want to say something, so tell them what you always tell them. Go to iTunes on your computer or your Android or iPhone device and uh, go to the store and search under podcasts and type into the little box, the change book radio show. And you'll notice Rich's face and my face. Um, Give yourself the opportunity to listen to some amazing, amazing co-authors and just the, the stuff that they have to share with you is, is just, it's priceless. So do yourself a favor. Uh, One of the things that Allison said in her chapter was, invest in yourself. And one of the ways to invest in yourself is to broaden your perspective and to give yourself something else 
to look at from a different point of view, something that will help you grow. So go and type in the Changebook Radio Show. Give a listen. Um, more importantly, uh, when you're done giving a listen, go ahead and rate and review the Changebook Radio Show. We would really appreciate that. And tell all your friends about it, your neighbors, your enemies, anybody. <laughs> That's right. And they are, they're always there for free download. So if you missed one last week, the week before, the week before that, whatever, the archive is there. They're free downloads. So listen to them or download them, listen to them in your car, wherever you're going, and you'll learn a lot. So I want to thank you all for listening this week. And we will be back again next Wednesday, same time, same channel. On behalf of Lawrence Pipkin and myself and everybody in the Change Book series, thank you so much for listening. We wish you well, and we'll talk to you soon. And be excellent.